Before we get into today's episode, we want to know, are you ready for fantasy football? The 2021 NFL season is just a few weeks away, and with fantasy leagues preparing for their drafts, make sure you're up to date on who to draft, who not to draft, and more with fantasy-focused football. ESPN fantasy experts Matthew Berry, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp provide daily strategy, previews, and injury reports. That's fantasy-focused football wherever you get your podcast. Also, speaking of fantasy football, for ESPN Plus subscribers, join an ESPN Plus Fantasy Football League now for a chance to win $250,000. That's a quarter of a million dollars. Sweepstakes is U.S. only, 18 or older, no purchase necessary. Visit ESPN.com slash ESPN Plus football rules for full details and official rules. Welcome to a new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. And look at my boy Ryan Clark looking all fresh and got a new gloss to him after attending the Hall of Fame weekend last weekend. We'll talk more about that later in the show. Yes, but sir. before, we're going to talk about the outlook of the heavyweight division after Cyril Gunn's fantastic performance. That was one thing that we really have to dig into. And then later, we have to question the great Jose Aldo. How much does Jose Aldo have left, and what does he have left to offer the Bantamweight division, Ryan? Well, listen, before we get into that, DC, we have to get to my former favorite fighter. Because when you come from my co-host, when you come from my friend, DC, all ties are (laughs) severed. But Conor McGregor had a little bit to say about you, DC. Here's a picture of you looking nice in your suit, looking like you're fresh off of casino. And it says, a cry for help if I've ever (laughs) seen one. And then he posts another picture and he said, clean check right there by Poirier. I believe that's what that was a little bit sarcastic it says fat drunk expletive dc listen dc here is what i know bro we are both from the boot and when i see fighting words i know fighting words but how do you feel about what connor said and were there some clean checks or not you know what's crazy rc is that you know i'm in my suit you know i'm just dressed for work I just got to pull it up over the belly. That's why it looks like the shirt is tucked in. I can't help it. I'm not 150 pounds like Conor McGregor. I'm just dressed to the night. That's how I feel. And you know what? The check, he talked about clean check by Fat Guy DC. Listen, that was one. It's very easy to get a still and say, well, I didn't uh, get this one checked. Right. The reality of the situation is he got. More than one check kick. So, guys, I work at ESPN. Roll the clips. This was the one that broke Conor McGregor's arm. Dustin Poirier felt it when he said, Conor, kick my elbow. That's the one that broke his arm. But let's go back and get more. Keep rolling them, fellas. Right here, you see Conor McGregor kick the knee of Dustin Poirier. Look at his ankle. The ankle's already severed because Conor is kicking at the wrong range. Look at how far away he is. You can't kick from that far. You kick with your foot. And then it really does hurt you. It's worse offensively than for the defensive guy. Oh, and then here's another one. Conor McGregor kicking the knee of Dustin Poirier. So as Conor can go and chase down stills and say he landed a strike, it's much easier for me because I work at ESPN. We have a department that does that, (laughs) that goes against every one of the kicks that Conor did get checked. So McGregor, listen to me, bud. Stop worrying about me. Don't worry about Daniel Cormier. Don't worry about the things that I'm saying. Don't worry about how I'm dressing and how I'm looking. Don't do that. Worry about the dudes that keep beating your ass every time you go into the octagon. 
That's what you should be worried about. I'm not a guy you got to worry about fighting. I'm done. I'm retired. I'm living my best life. You need to worry about trying to beat the guys that you fight against. Don't worry. About, get off the internet. RC, get off the internet. I'm over hey, here just doing DC, my job. DC, you know what happens, so McGregor, though? DC, back. when you're... <laughs> Hey, DC, when you're stepping into the octagon and the same man is beating you multiple times, you have to go for his friends. You have to go for his crew because you're like, if I can't beat this dude, I got to go after somebody who I don't have to fight ever. And we know one thing about you. You're going to look at the game from outside of the octagon. You've done it at the highest level, two division champion, more than one time champion. This is what you do. And those clips show that there were some clean checks. And I loved your suit, my dog. You keep shining. <laughs> my brother, my brother. But, but listen to this, though. The reality is, like, McGregor is a high-level fighter. But, again, all the things. When I said it was a cry for help, I did it with no ill intent. This was just me saying, find some people that are willing to step out and say, hey, man, let's get everything right. But the reality is, I don't need to be friends with Conor McGregor. So I really don't care what he thinks right. about me personally. I'm going to continue to do my job. And where he deserves praise, he'll get praise. Where he deserves to be critiqued, he will get critiqued. But once again, hey, Ryan, all those kicks were landed in about a minute. For the last four minutes of that round, mm -hmm. it was Dustin Poirier beating up Conor McGregor. Let's not forget uh, what happened in the fight. So let's not get too exactly. distracted you, with all the other stuff that, uh, that he's talking DC. about. DC. DC, obviously your job is to give praise where praise is, is deserved. You said that, but also critique when you're supposed to critique. Let's talk a little bit about critiquing. Derek Lewis, he's fighting in his hometown. Mm. He has an opportunity to be the interim champ, set himself up for an opportunity to be the overall heavyweight champ, unify the belts, as Dana White said, in a matchup with Francis Ngannou. But first, he had to conquer Cyril Ghosn. And Cyril Ghosn is a guy who is highly skilled, highly motivated, extremely athletic. And Derek Lewis never looked like himself to me. Was the moment a little too big for the Black Beast? You know what's crazy, RC, is like I think back to the week, the week leading into UFC 265, right? Derek Lewis mm -hmm. was so nervous. He was openly talking about how nervous he was, how, how hard it was to deal with the people around him, how difficult it was to fight in front of his city and what it meant to him if he could get the job done. And he even said so much as, I never want to fight in Houston again, right? So with all the, the the flair that comes with being the hometown guy, there's also a lot to deal with. And I can really tell that it wore on Derek Lewis going into this fight. Now, here's the problem, Ryan. I don't know if even if this fight was in Africa or if this fight was in, in Mexico or, or it was in England, Las Vegas, I don't know if it would have mattered. Because I truly believe mm -hmm. Cyril Gaon is the better mixed martial artist. And I think Saturday night showed right. that. And it also showed why when the when the betting odds came out, Cyril was the biggest favorite on the entire card in the heavyweight championship fight. Right. Okay, DC, so here's my question. Obviously, football and MMA or UFC, those things differ. When you're a football team, you want the home field advantage. You want an opportunity to play in front of the fans, to play in front of your families. It's so comfortable to be 
in that environment for you. I know you never necessarily fought in Lafayette, but you fought in Houston. And that's a hot, a hop, skip and a jump from your house. Did you feel the same type of pressure that Derek Lewis felt entering the cage against Cyril God, at least enough to even say, I never want to fight in Houston again? Because to me, it would feel like, you know what? My family's here. My, my boys are here. The trade of truth is out. We got Bun B out. We got every single Houston rapper that's ever lived. Hmm. Freaking Chameleonaire, Lil Flip. Everybody's here to support and yeah. I get an opportunity to show out in front of my folks. But is there a pressure or more pressure on you when you're fighting close to home? You know, we're three hours away. Baton Rouge, where you live, is about three and a half hours away from three hours and 45 minutes from Houston. So for me, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. That's why I did it three times, right? I fought in Strike Force, then I fought twice in the UFC. Because my family, even when you get something, you don't have enough to take care of the whole family. Right. So by being right. driving distance away, they can go and see a kid that they saw growing up do something at such a high level. You know, when you come from mm-hmm. certain areas, right, it's so abnormal for a guy to be on the stage that I competed on or the stage that you competed on um, that it, it makes it impossible to see. But I wasn't from Houston. Derek lives in Houston. Generally, when people are fighting at home, they do really well. Remember when Ronda fought in Anaheim? Anthony Pettis won the title right. in, in Milwaukee. Stipe Miocic blew the roof off of Cleveland. Jessica Andrade in Brazil beats Doug Rose. And then her first right. title defense, she has to go to China to fight someone named Wei Li, and Wei Li finishes her. So it's like the hometown crowd, in more instances than not, will elevate the fighter. But this was one of those cases mm-hmm where it absolutely stumped the Black Beast. Well, that, but th- that's the thing, right? You're talking about the Black Beast getting stumped. It seemed like he had a week full of crisis, that he was trying to find a way to be pumped up for this fight, to be confident for this fight. But when you're in a state of crisis, which Derek Lewis was, you don't rise to the level of expectation, right? You don't find a way to, to, to raise up, right, or be a level higher than what your skill level is. You fall to the level of your training. And you spoke about Cyril Gaon being athletic, Cyril Gaon being more skilled than Derek Lewis. So it almost seemed like Derek Lewis understood that. And we've talked about a puncher's chance. With any time Derek Lewis steps in the ring, he has a puncher's chance. But Cyril Gaon said that. He said, you know what? He's not as skilled as other dudes as, 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 that I fought. He's not as conditioned as the other guys that I fought. Dude was so relaxed entering the ring with somebody who I look at as a killer. When Derek Lewis punches people, they feel it. They react different. Cyril Gaon, bro, is running around the ring laughing at this dude, getting in, landing his shots, landing the jabs, and getting out. Derek Lewis is, is wiping his face. He's he's balling up in the ball. He's letting Cyril Gaon take advantage of him physically. And so when you watch a dude like Derek Lewis on the biggest stage in the world, in front of his people, fold up in the way that he did, it truly showed the difference in the skill level between the two fighters, in the athleticism between the two fighters. And from the beginning of the week, from the beginning of training, when he said he trained harder than he ever has in his life, I believe Derek Lewis knew that. And if you know that stepping into the octagon and you don't have any faith in yourself, that's the result that you get. And I don't know if Derek Lewis will ever get another opportunity to be on this stage again. Mm. It's going to be very difficult for him to work his way back to this position. And as you said, 
um, you re- you fall back to your training because those questions go into your mind when you're not prepared, and then you kind of fall into the trap of did I do enough? Did I not do enough? Now listen, Cyril Gunn is a special fighter. He is phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. just different. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, Ryan, we spoke about Derek Lewis because Lewis was on the marquee. Lewis was in his hometown. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that night belonged to Cyril Gunn. And I don't want to talk about absolutely Cyril Gunn and his performance and the way that the fight looked and the way that the fight played out. But I want to talk about Cyril Gunn as an athlete. I want to talk about Cyril Gunn and some of the things that he has done now. Listen, Cyril Gunn now has seven wins in the UFC heavyweight division. You know what's crazy? The dude only has three fights outside of the octagon. He's only 10-0. and 0. But, Ryan, right. how exciting is it for Cyril Gunn to look like he looks, to move like he moves, but also to be undefeated and now holding a portion of the UFC championship? I think it's 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 more than exciting for this reason. As the UFC continues to elevate, as, as as they continue to be in the forefront of MMA, these are the type of fighters you want to see. We're we're taking this we're taking octagon fighting to a new level, a new level of athleticism where you have athletes who can do more than one thing, who can do more than just fight, who don't have to fall back on plan B's that don't make sense. This dude can play basketball. This guy can run. This guy can move. He's light on his feet. He's able to get in and out. He understands the strategic battle and the technical battle of fighting. This is the next level of fighting. This is the next level of MMA to now that we have heavyweights that can move like bantamweight that can move like featherweights but also fight with that power and i'm going to be straight up with with you dc when i think of heavyweights right and when i think of the baddest men in the world because that's what heavyweights are when you were the heavyweight champ you were the baddest man in the world there was no way in the world no matter how good jose aldo was i was taking him over daniel cormier it's no way in the world no matter how good kamaru uzman uzman is i'm not taking him over Daniel Cormier, but we used to want to see you guys slug, right? That's why we loved Mark Hunt, because we knew he was going to step in there and he was going to punch people in the face Mm -hmm. and let people punch him in the face. The game has changed now. (laughs) You have to have that skill. And I think that Cyril Cyril, he's that dude, right? He's the dude we need to see, because when he walks in the ring, I mean, excuse me, when he walks in the octagon, it looks like what it's supposed to look like, right? It's lean, right? It's no body fat. It's 240 plus pounds. And Mm -hmm. now when we watch him bounce and move in and out and he says the game is to hit Derek Lewis and not get hit 
That's not normally things that we hear from heavyweights as they're walking to the octagon. And when you coming out with tipping on four fours, right? When you hear Paul Wall and the crowd's <laughs> going crazy because they think Derek Lewis is coming out. No, it's a dude from France. It's a dude from France that is in your hometown playing your music because he's not scared because he's that high level of an athlete. And I think he's going to forever change what the heavyweight division looks like. And my question is, who beats this dude? Because to me right now, he's the number one heavyweight in the world. And that includes the current champion, Francis Ngannou. He was tremendous, right? The whole still tipping and everything was absolutely tremendous. I loved the way that the crowd reacted thinking it was Derek. And it really also shows that the fans and the crowd, they're, they're not necessarily as in tune with the sport as they think. Because you would know Derek as the higher right. ranked fighter always walks second, right? He's walking second, right? <laughs> right so even right. if Cyril plays this trick, it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. I knew it was Cyril God, so I immediately pulled out my phone because I knew the reaction was going to be fantastic. But here's the thing. You know, you and I talked about this off air. Cyril Ghosn looks like an athlete. He's an athlete. And you said 240, no body fat, lean, physical. Remember, that is exactly what we said about Francis Ngannou when he beat Cipe. Now you have a heavyweight champion Mm -hmm. that does not look like he's walking around the street, right? Ryan, you can see a Daniel Cormier all over the place. You can honestly see a Stipe Miocic all over the place. Stipe looks like he might be Mm -hmm. an accountant somewhere in your area, right, with a new haircut and the glasses. (laughs) You don't see Cyril Ghosn <laughs> just walking down the street in Louisiana or in Las Vegas. You don't see Francis Ngannou. So you have this next level of guy. But you know what's the best thing about Cyril? Is that this dude is just a athlete. And now as mixed martial artists start to make more and more money, now the big guys don't feel like they need to run to basketball. They don't need to run to football to try to get paid. They can get paid inside the octagon. And we have a clip of Cyril Ghosn playing basketball and when you watch him you watch the way he moves you watch the way he he is active on the basketball court i mean this dude's an athlete look at him that's that big seal right there with the white shirt hey get the rebound ain't nobody Cyril. backing him let me down. see you do work baby <laughs> yeah nobody's backing that look dude at him, down. look at okay. him i mean look at Cyril. Jump look at Cyril. Jump look at Cyril. I mean, let's go i mean he missed it he, <laughs> he missed it but look at him run down that rebound big Cyril. Let me get that reverse layup, Cyril. Let me get that real quick reverse layup. <laughs> now, that's the thing, right? Cyril Gaon is an athlete. And I think that is what Derek Lewis struggled with. And I think that a lot of the guys that he's going to have to fight are going to struggle with because he can move. And Francis Ngannou has a long history of training with him. But RCU asked me, mm-hmm. who can beat Cyril Gaon? And right now, I'm not certain. You know who I do believe has the best chance to beat him? And this gets crazy Who's coming that? for me. John Jones. John Jones. John Jones Whoa. is the guy that will present the most problems to Cyril Gaon. Why? Because John Jones has fought at 205. John Jones has skill of a little guy. John Jones has seen athletes before. John Jones beat me twice. I'm an athlete, right? He's seen the speed. Mm-hmm. He's seen the foot movement and the angles. He's had to deal with guys like that before. Now, can he handle that at a weight class above? I don't know. But I truly believe mm-hmm. that Jones is one of the guys that truly can give Cyril Gaon problems, but I don't know uh, who beats him. I-, I think Francis has his hands full, man. I think Francis really has his hands full. Yeah, I, th- I think 
I mean, anytime, anytime you mention John Jones in a positive light, I'm always kind of taken aback. And I don't necessarily know if I should even say some good things about him. But John Jones was one of those guys that started the athletic movement in MMA. One of those dudes that you looked at in the UFC and you said, you know what, I could see him doing different things. Obviously, having two brothers that played professional football. But Francis mm-hmm. Ngannou is the champion and we're not even talking about him. And I think yes. a huge reason or another thing that would make me talk about him more is after Cyril Gaon goes out and dominates Derek Lewis in three rounds in the octagon, if we could get Francis Ngannou to walk the stairs, to get inside the octagon, be squared off face-to-face with Cyril Gaon so we could see the massive size of these men after watching the athleticism and the skill and the technique of Cyril Gaon. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I, the first fight that we got to do together was Poirier McGregor. And I was just excited to be there. I was, I was happy first. I was around a, a, a MMA legend in DC, but you got to see all of these other are fighters. You, are you going? Francis Ngannou. Are you going? Walked, are you going? Are you going? Are you going? If these two when Ngannou Gan are together, 100%. are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? You know what? Hey, Ryan, you know Man, what? That unless, thought though, that thought that you have shares is shared by so many. Because they're such big yes. guys. And hey, as much as you love McGregor Poirier, people love the heavyweights. And when you got a guy that can knock you out like Francis and then a guy that can play the game like Cyril, this is going to be good. And Dana wants to so do it for the end so, of the so year. Did we miss a, he wants to do it for the end of the year. But did we, miss a, did we miss a chance for an amazing face-off? To actually have the visual, did Francis Ngannou, because I feel like we've already missed a chance for John Jones, Francis Ngannou. Did Francis Ngannou miss a marquee moment? Did the UFC miss miss a marquee moment by not having Francis Ngannou there? If we're going to play like old school boxing, Mm -hmm. by not having those dudes there stand Mm -hmm. face to face in the middle of the ring with Francis Ngannou's former coach and Cyril Gaon's current coach right there looking on. Could you imagine... Could you imagine if after that fight, Francis walked up those stairs and just stood face to face with Cyril? It would give you chills. It literally would give you chills watching. And I wasn't there doing the interviews. I would have stood between those two dudes. But talk about a difference in look, right? Like I'm sitting there with my suit that Conor McGregor makes fun of. And Francis is 6'5", Cyril 6'5", and I was the heavyweight champion in the world. I mean, what in the world is going on? But I mean, Hey, that's because you were a bad man, bro. Seeing those dudes. (laughs) <laughs> but could you imagine seeing those guys stand face-to-face? Now, here's the issue, right? Francis wasn't ready to fight at that time. But Francis also wasn't keen on the interim championship idea, which he shouldn't have been, right? He just won the belt three months ago. But, boy, that was a missed opportunity to make uh, uh, a memory and, and to get footage that you could yeah. use so to build speaking of- the fight over and over again. Speaking of, of those memories, DC, do you have a memory like that, whether it's Brock Lesnar or someone you had an opportunity to be in the ring with and you saw the, that type of massive man? You know, it was only Brock Lesnar. You know, I've been in the, octagon, the ring with sorry. some big dudes. Yeah. But it was, yeah, or in the octagon. Sorry, you got me saying the ring. I mean, <laughs> I've been in the octagon with a lot of dudes, big dudes. But Brock Lesnar was the only time that. I felt that interaction, and then I heard the pop, right? You hear a pop whenever two dudes, one that has just completed a massive moment, make another moment with another guy, right? When we did that, they popped like you wouldn't have believed. The roof in the T-Mobile arena, that arena was shaking, Ryan. And I think that the UFC 
if Francis would have agreed to go, would have had that same thing happen on this weekend because the backstory is just so fantastic. But I got, I got to ask you one thing, though. Like, this is because to me, it seems so crazy. Which I, you know, I'm I'm over here talking positively about Jones. We're acting like Cyril Gan can't be beat. <laughs> Francis Ngannou has blown people apart with his fists. Where in the heck is Stipe Miocic, man? What is going on with Stipe? What is happening with Stipe Miocic? This dude, you know, that fought last year, and everybody's like, this fight's for the greatest heavyweight of all time. Dude loses. Where is Stipe Miocic, and where's the respect for Stipe Miocic? You know, even when Stipe Miocic was the champion, it always seemed like his relationship with the UFC, his relationship with Dana White wasn't one of those where they felt like that was their guy, where that was the heavyweight champion that they would continue to prop up and build the organization on. And this is the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. This is a dude that stepped into the octagon and defended his belt more than we've seen anyone at that weight class do. And now... He's a guy who's looking for a fight, a dude who's sitting on the side, hanging out in Cleveland. He's with Baker Mayfield. He's with Odell Beckham Jr. He's with Jarvis Landry, chilling with his dudes <laughs> at the firehouse, and other people are fighting for belts. We're now talking about Cyril Gaon being the most skilled heavyweight in the world. I see what you We're did. Sitting- you saw I what see I did? what you did. You saw what I did? Jarvis Landry, Odell yes. Beckham, all LSU Tigers, right? All Tigers. <laughs> I said Baker Mayfield. It ain't my fault that we good and we got a lot of dudes in the league. That ain't my fault. We just keep balling. And if Stipe wants to hang out with great people, as obviously a lot of former heavyweight champions do, because you're hanging out with the Tiger as well, that's what we do. But DC, if you're Stipe Miocic, which fight are you trying to take? Are you begging for a John Jones fight to show that you're still an elite heavyweight, that you should be in line to face the winner of Gon and Francis Ngannou? And if you're Dana White, if you're the UFC, are you trying to get Stipe Miocic back in the octagon as soon as possible? Because we know the weight that that name carries. We know the weight that former heavyweight champion carries. But this is a dude that can't seem to get a fight. Every time I see him, he's just promoting something type of mattress when he should be putting dudes to sleep on the mattress. <laughs> you know, two-time champ Steve Miocic, right? I had two big rivalries in my career, or three, because I fought Rumble twice too, but Miocic was the one that I have the utmost respect for, and I believe that he should be pining for a fight. He should be calling John Jones's name out as much as he can, because although Mike Winklejohn said that that's not something that interests Jones, it should. Because if he's considered the greatest heavyweight of all time, right? if he's the guy that people look to and go, wow, Stipe was the man, I say put those guys together. Look at the title fight wins. No one's won six UFC heavyweight championship title fights before. I mean, Jones looks ridiculous with 14. But you look at Stipe, you look at Jones, and you think, wow, this would be tremendous. This is one of those fights, right? This is one of those fights where a belt doesn't need to be on the line, and those two can headline. Generally, they want a title mm-hmm. on the line to headline these cards. You put Miocic and Jones, you don't need – it's going to be like an old boxing card where it's a one-fight card. People show up to watch those two fight. I think that is something that Stipe should be doing. Now, we talk about the former champion, right, and what the former champion wants to do. We also got to talk about a guy that has the looks of a future champion. Don't call him Dan Gable. Call him Gable Dan Stevenson, <laughs> the Olympic gold medalist heavyweight. The guy that went over as a 21-year-old 
to beat Takagu, the the former Olympic cha- uh, Olympic champion, sixteen. He beat the three-time world champion in the finals. Got two takedowns in eighteen seconds to beat a three-time defending world champion. And yesterday, you see Gable. Hi, Dana White. I'm back from Japan. I'm available. And then you got the UFC giving him the congratulations. Even on the UFC's website, I mean, there's a line up top where if you just tap it, it goes right to the Gable Stevenson congratulations. So the recruitment is starting. Gable Stevenson seems to have a ton of options. How excited are you for what Gable Stevenson could potentially bring to the UFC, especially when you see a guy like Cyril Gaon, who's only been fighting for three years, become the champion without a wrestling base like Gable Stevenson? And see, I think that's what's exciting, because if you look at many of the champions that we've had in the UFC, they all come from great wrestling backgrounds. And this dude's also an athlete. And when you look at him, he has the look, right? He's a handsome dude. He's a swole dude. He's a lean dude. And so all of these things that we're starting to see in the UFC fighters and the MMA athletes, he embodies that. But he also embodies America, right? The the USA. The reason that we fall in love with so many of these dudes is, you know, after they fight, after they win when their hand is raised in the middle of the octagon we can see them draped in that usc flag what better dude to see draped in the usc flag tall strong lean getting takedown after takedown dominating folks what dude would be better than gable stevenson and he's already getting the wave he already understands the recruitment he already understands the marketing and this is what the heavyweight division needs somebody from America with a background like that, that we can get around because get behind because he is so skilled. What I really hope is that he's not just flirting with us, though, DC. Don't just play with my heart. Hey. Don't have me hanging on and waiting for you to come over. Don't just send waves. Right. And don't hit me with the, the hey, you <laughs> up text, but never come over. If you hit me with the you up text, <laughs> I want you to get in your car, drive over right now and sign the contract. Gable. We are not for the play flirting. We want you to be 10 toes down because we are not here to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I hope people understand that reference. I hope people understand that (laughs) reference. But listen, for real, Gable Stevenson, right? If I'm Gable Stevenson, I'm going to the WWE first. I'm taking the Brock Lesnar approach. I'm going there. I'm building my name because the WWE wants him just as much as the UFC. I'm going to the WWE first. I'm getting built into a monster over there. And then I'm coming to the UFC where immediately I'm at the top of cards. And immediately I'm getting pay-per-view money. Immediately I am the man. And I bring that fan base with me. It's right out there for Gable. He's a tremendous athlete. DC. I love the kid. We talk on the phone. We play video You know what you like right now? He's a tremendous kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DC, you know what you like right now? You're like the single. You're like the single friend that keeps giving the married friend bad advice. And that's exactly why the single friend is single. No. Right? Like you, no. you <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you. Dude, Brock Lesnar made boatloads of money, and he did it for the rest of his career. He was able to use the UFC in his negotiations with the WWE. Use the WWE in his negotiations with the UFC because he was such a massive star. Ryan, I'm telling you, this is the way to go. If you're Gable Stevenson, now look, I might I, get a call from I might get a call from the UFC brass. You gonna definitely this. get a call. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right. But I'm telling you, that's the move hey, for Gable Stevenson. That's a future. Hey, wait, but that's a future 
guy. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode one of DC and RC. Make sure you listen tomorrow for episode two.